You're listening to SBS News. When Neil Parra fled Sri Lanka, he carried few possessions. The 44-year-old Tamil refugee, his wife and child reached Malaysia, where they lived for four years before boarding a boat to Australia. We left the country because of our life was in danger there. So we left and we living in Malaysia. Uh, as a, we found as a refugees in Malaysia by UNHCR. Uh, but still, there's no, uh, no certainty for us, even we are uh, found as a refugees. So boats were started to come here. Then I thought, okay, we also going on that. Uh, so we got that opportunity to come by board here. Para and his family arrived by boat in Australian waters in August 2012. They were immediately taken to Christmas Island Detention Centre under the government's offshore detention policy for boat arrivals. They then spent months in detention facilities in Australia before settling in the regional Victorian city of Ballarat. Neil Para says they made the move after being told by immigration officials that relocating to regional Australia would result in their visas being fast-tracked. Paris says that promise of a visa was later reneged on and the family's bridging visas were removed, which took away his ability to work. Without the support of the local Ballarat community, he says he and his family would not have survived. My family is living in the generosity of Ballarat community. We have no Medicare, no healthcare, no uh, living allowance or nothing. So the Ballarat community, yes, they group together and they paying the bill they're paying the rent, they're paying almost everything is looked after, everything by the community. No government help, nothing, not, nothing, even a cent, nothing. Among those providing a helping hand is the Ballarat Rural Australians for Refugees group. Convener Margaret O'Donnell says the community has rallied behind Neil, his wife Suga and their three daughters aged between 10 and 15. Well, it's in the public interest especially of people of Ballarat or other people that know the family, that they're given a permanent visa and get on with their lives. And and the other difficulty, um, let's say the older girls, 15, you know, they can go once they turn 18, you know, well, she probably won't be allowed to study or continue further studies. So that's that's another problem. The Para family is among about 30,000 asylum seekers and refugees who arrived by boat in Australian waters before the 1st of January 2014, who became known as the legacy caseload. For individuals in this group, a blanket ban was applied, which prevented their visa applications from being processed unless the immigration minister personally intervened in each case. This set of policies was examined by the Australian Human Rights Commission in a 2019 report which raised concerns about potential human rights breaches under international law. People in this group have restricted working hours and no ability to access Medicare or educational support, forcing asylum seekers and refugee families into poverty. Margaret O'Donnell says after a decade of these policies, it's time a resolution was found. It's time that we called a sort of an amnesty and people that have been here for 10 years and have past the character tests and all these other things, that they should be granted permanent visas. And that's what I suppose a lot of us would hope for. You know, the uncertainty is just not, yeah, no good for people's mental health and, you know, the stress. And a lot of them, they can contribute to society. Well, we're looking for workers. We're looking for 
you know, we're bringing in people and they've suffered sort of long enough. In February, the federal government announced a pathway to permanent visas for 19,000 asylum seekers and refugees living on two types of temporary visas known as the TPV and the SHEV. But Neil and his family were among 12,000 people who missed out as they were not on either of those two types of temporary visas. He says that's why he'll be walking 1,000 kilometres from Ballarat to Prime Minister Anthony the Albanese's electoral office in Sydney. I really welcome the message that the TP, uh, Andrew Giles said TPV and SHE people will be able to get ROS visa, the resolution of status visa, that's I think a permanent visa. Oh, the same message, he has to think about the bridging visa e-holders and us. Because we, either, we are not, either they are working and paying the tax, either we are working in a volunteer way. So let us to have our certainty. It doesn't make sense. He says he's aiming to achieve a daily goal of walking 30 kilometres to arrive at his destination in September. I have a big team between Ballarat and uh, Sydney uh, supporting this work, like organising a logistic, organising the uh, many things, a lot of things they are trying. Without their help, definitely I can't make it. They are our supporters, they are our angels. In a statement, the Department of Home Affairs says it does not comment on individual cases. Data released by the department shows it has approved 2,740 applications from asylum seekers and refugees who pursued the permanent pathway option announced in February. More than 15,600 claims are still being processed. Of the 30,000 in the legacy caseload group, more than 7,700 have had their visa cases closed, either through refusal refusal, cancellation or expiration. Neil Parra says it's been hard raising a family without the ability to work, despite his eagerness to do so. He spends his time volunteering in the community, including for the SES, while his wife volunteers in aged care. Yet he still holds on to hope of a brighter future. Because I am proud to be proud to call myself I am Australian. Because I, I live like that way. My family live like that way. And many refugees live like that way. They want to be Australian. We want to be Australians. So give us that way. That make that give us freedom.